0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Clear to Close podcast. My name is Carson Jones, and I am here with my co-host, Ryan Bolton. And today, Ryan is kind of going to be the star of the show a little bit. So we're going to be doing some in-depth conversation about Ryan and about the mortgage industry and how he got into the mortgage industry, um, as well as just a little bit about kind of his life, sports he's into, and uh, just kind of how we can tie that in with um, hiring him to be your, your lender right now. And it's kind of a weird Real estate industry, especially with loans, because right now with loans, some people are saying, "Oh, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until mm. uh, until uh, the rates come down more." And and you say, "Okay, well, the rates are not coming down at all at the at this very moment." Mm. But with that said, when the rates start coming down, then the price starts going back up. So you're gonna get a little bit of a uh, uh, kind of either way it's like, is there a point to waiting so much? So w- what's your opinion right now on the current real estate industry? And then we'll kind of dive into a little bit more of you and, and what got you into it? Yeah. A little,
1: uh, get to know the host kind of video. Hope that didn't shut off all the, Hope that we still got some viewers out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's been doing mortgage loans since 1999. This is a very different market than I went. So I went through the 2008 crisis. it's funny how people that went through that, that's, all that they seem to remember, you know, which is good. You don't want to forget the past and repeat it kind of thing, but it's a totally different situation than what we had in 2008 with the way the financing was and the way the market was changing. But it is interesting to see people that say they're going to wait for interest rates to get better. And I always ask them what metric or what thing in the marketplace do you think drives rates down? Mm-hmm. And they usually don't have an answer. It's usually either wishful thinking or, well, it, 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 was down, it's gone up, it's got to come back down. You know, there's that thought, whether it's stocks, bonds, Mortgage rates, sports tickets, whatever it is, there's this sense that once it gets to a certain level, sustains at that level, if it goes up or down, there's some sort of pressure that should move it back the other way. But really, it's correcting. If anything, the rates are going back to what they really should be, which is closer to that five, six, seven range. If you look at the last 50 years of mortgage rates, that's much closer to the actual average. Mm -hmm. The anomaly was the three and 4% interest rate. That is not what interest rates are. Now I would also so you say you very
0: much don't consider this a crash. You consider it a correction.
1: Yes. Now how quick it happened is always scary. You don't want to see anything that moves gas prices, inflation. You don't want to see these numbers spike. Nobody wants to see something that is that spike because usually it ends up being something where it moves to what it should. Then there's overreaction that just adds to the fire kind of thing. Then there's a leveling off. So mm. I do think that they're we did see a little bit of that the rates kind of really jumped really quickly the first quarter second quarter kind of did the same thing then leveled off for a little bit now we're seeing another little spike because there's just so much pressure on inflation yeah there's so much pressure on to slow down borrowing money and creating new money so when you already have the the federal government spending like they are then you have all the loans whether it was sba mortgages, all this kind of stuff also creating so much more money. There's way more money in circulation than goods that can absorb it. Right. And some of that's because of supply chain. That's why it's such a complicated thing. It's not like, okay, if we put this button, everything goes back to normal. There's so many buttons that got pushed and unpushed, whether it was drilling, whether it was government spending, whether it was shutting down all these businesses, whether it was one little key part of a supply chain that just completely stopped everything like microchips for cars. It's amazing how just like in 08, it wasn't just one thing and that's what caused it to be such a worldwide recession and why it just spilled over and all this other stuff. Mm. This supply chain stuff is amazing how as soon as that one little leg of distribution slows down or bottles up, everything downstream is affected. Right. And so, and some of that was regulation. Some of that was okay. Stopping any kind of oil drilling at all, like across the board, almost overnight also ripple down the supply chain and ripple down to trucking and ripple down to supply chains, just getting disrupted. So it is something where that's going to take a lot longer to recover from and interest rates are, are taking the brunt of that. Hmm. So it's something where There's an old saying in real estate, in a lot of sales actually, is the best time to buy was six months ago. The next best time is right now. Because I think there's more pressure on rates than than relief. There's more pressure on guidelines to adjust to tighten up if they have defaults. So something will get worse before it gets better. And Mm -hmm. so this is such a good time to buy. And And I I still
0: feel that way right now. I mean, it's not... I, I, we get a lot of buyers who who feel scared right now they're like oh well they're the market's too high and uh and prices are still too high and then interest rates are still too high yet it's still increasing right now prices are dropping but i i can't tell you how many times you and i have spoken about how much more your mortgage payment is when you go up one percent in interest rate compared to dropping 15k in price right right i mean i, I and we're, I we're not it. seeing hundred thousand dollar price drops right no. now
1: and I think a lot of it's just again just correcting it's just going back to where there isn't people overbidding and overbuying because as it slows down there's just a little less buyers mm. for the inventory but our inventory is still really low I mean we went from a one month supply to like two or three and that's still way less than switching to a buyer's market and permits are down some of the things are already kind of slowing down because of how much it again it's just such a quick change that it does become a little bit of wait and see kind of attitude. But I would tell you this too, mortgage payments are way more consistent than renting. I mean, if you're out there renting, how many times have your rent gone up? Like every time you renew right now for the last couple of years, True. it's gone up or you can't even find a place because there's a lot of
0: renters out there too, because they didn't become homeowners for the same reason. So well, I mean, it's people, a lot less consistent. If you worry about 6% interest rates right now, sometimes even quite a bit less than that, especially a lot of sellers they are buying points down for you on your mm-hmm. interest rates. But if you worry about that well what do you think about 100 percent interest rates if you're renting yeah it's more it's more, more. like 110 110 percent you're yeah. losing the
1: tax benefit you're losing the appreciation on the home you're going to have a housing expense either way yeah. why not own it and it's something where it's a lot more locked in your payments way more consistent with the mortgage the only thing that can change on that is usually the taxes and insurance slightly. So if the insurance goes up a little bit, taxes will go up a little bit as house prices go up. Yeah. Especially Utah, it's a tax assessed system, so it's not a locked in based on what you paid for it. It is based on a market value that they come up with, and that will change. But mm. it's so much slower of an increase. It's even le- well lessening inflation right now as far as how much that increases versus rent. I mean, right. rents I've seen go from thousand bucks to 1500 to two grand to 2300 for the same house yeah which you never see that on a mortgage payment during that time of
0: course so you know a lot about mortgages uh, i i think a lot because you you study quite a bit i've seen that you've read some humongous books that are (laughs) i mean six inches six inches deep and i so tell me a little bit about what you got what got you into the industry what got you to really enjoy loans and maybe, maybe you don't enjoy it. It's hard to say depending on the time, but tell me a little bit about how you got into the business and, and, and where kind of, what, what brought you to that point? Yeah.
1: So I've been doing loans since 1999. I started my career in Salt Lake City and I was just out of high school. I'd lived all over the, the country before that point. And I remember that I was uh, working for Larry H. Miller Chevrolet on 53rd and State Street. I've, I'm sure it's still there. They're one of the big car dealership type things, and I love that job coming out of high school. I, I was able to drive the brand new Corvettes, the new Silverados, the, you know, all the, the, the new stuff. high school job. Oh, man, it was great. And I love detailing cars. I love just making them look good, dealing with waxes, and I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed detailing cars. I still do. I still have a passion for keeping my car really clean. I got all these waxes and special waters, and my wife thinks it's pretty funny, but, it is something where I still really enjoy that part of it. And I just loved having those new cars and then they had a big used car lot too. So all the, used stuff would come in and be like, yeah. And I remember I was detailing this 93 Ford Ranger. I still don't know why I remember the year. It was a red and I'm sitting there just buffing it. And then a buddy of mine that I went to uh, high school with, he was a salesman there and he comes in and said, I'm getting in the mortgage business. I'm like, what? We're what, you know, that's, hmm. that's an old, that's, you know, that's something you get when you have wife and kids and I'm, Young and free, I'm not doing that, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So I go and interview the guy. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think this is... Who's going to get a mortgage from me? I'm a kid, you know, kind of thing. And I remember he said something. He said, you know what? You can keep going to school. You can go back to detailing cars, you know. Of course. Why not give this a shot? Okay. And I'm like, yeah, why not? And I was hooked. It was really something I was just hooked. I love the problem solving. I love going through the guidelines. I love going through why there was a guideline like knowing, okay, here's the guideline. What created this? Why is this something that a mortgage company needs? Why? And you find out, well, in some States you need it or cause a lot of the regulations is designed to cover the whole country. And then there'll be little state specific things like how they do their title work or how what insurances they need, or, you know, certain niches that are in certain areas would tweak the guidelines a little bit here and there, but generally they're trying to solve a problem of mortgages all over the country. So the same guideline that affects a guy in Michigan affects a guy in Nevada and affects a guy in Houston, you know, and then the state kind of overlays some stuff with it as well. So I always found it fascinating to problem solve, to be able to say, okay, here's a client wants to buy a house. Here's the problems to getting a loan, who's what lender, what underwriting guidelines going to allow that client to get into a home. And for me, that makes the business exciting is the problem solving. and the nervousness of buying a house, whether yeah. it's your first, second, third, I don't care. There's, you don't know how all this stuff works. Yeah, You don't know all the guidelines. You don't know the jargon, you know, that's part of my, the joy of being able to go through that experience with clients. I mean, remember the first time you bought a home, how nervous you were, maybe you just got married, maybe you got a kid in the way, you know, on the way, that's a pretty nervous little transaction because there's this thought you're just supposed to know how it works. Well, my parents had a loan, I have a loan, you know, And it's a lot more complicated than any other loan, any other purchase you'll probably ever do in your lifetime is buying a home. So I get to go through that on a daily basis of helping people. And that gets me up at night and it gets, or gets me up at night, gets me up in the morning. And it's something where I just enjoy seeing a new guideline come out to tweak something, to be able to tweak it to where you, you get to fit that client with the guidelines and with the situation.
0: Well, and it's interesting because you, I've realized a lot in my life and it clearly in yours that sometimes those those careers like the loan industry for you it it comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. it comes out of something where it's, it, you're not just sitting here and your date your lifelong dream is I'm going to be a mortgage lender <laughs> yeah
1: right? when I was playing with my dinosaurs. You know, being a paleontologist yeah, you i want, never you thought wanted to be a lender didn't you i never, I never thought mortgages <laughs> yeah which yeah. stands for slow death contract that's yeah. one of the jokes in our because it's mort for death and gidge for contract <laughs> so it's a slow death contract is what a mortgage is
0: <laughs> well I, I will say uh, there's a reason that we use you for <laughs> for our loans over at team honey and and a lot of that is communication and uh ryan is a, a very good golfer and he plays a lot of golf but The nice thing is when he plays golf, he's still working at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've called Ryan and I could tell that he's wearing his AirPods or whatever. And he's starting to talk a little bit more like this (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can, I can check the rates real quick. And then he'll start talking louder because somebody just hit a golf shot. Didn't they? (laughs) You're just trying to talk quieter, but But it's, 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 it's great to have somebody like that who's willing to live their life. And it's not just, mortgage robot you know i what? see that so much with title companies some of these companies out here who all they all they do is they just talk to you about nothing except mortgages so talk a little bit about other things in your life, like golf, what else are you into? What other hobbies do you have?
1: And I think that's one of the great things about this industry and just, I'm not a nine to five guy. I mean, if my phone rings and I'm, av- I'm going to answer it and it's something, if I can't, I'm going to get back as quickly as I can. So in in the industry for me, it usually leaves my mornings more open because my clients need me at kind of their lunch break and after hours. And I, and, that, and it's so funny when you have a client who wants to meet with you at seven, they're like, Oh, that's after hour. No, that's, that's when you're available. Yeah. It, yeah. For me, that's normal weekends, nights. Call me because that's when you're available. If if you're able to call me at 10 o'clock, maybe you don't have a job or maybe you're not able to, you know. So it's something where my clients are working the nine nine to five. I need to be available after hours and weekends because that's when they're in front of a house and say, Hey, Ryan, I'm in front of this house. What would my payment be? Bam, I can answer it right there. So it is something where I I pride myself in being available, communicating, and just being available when the clients need me, not when I need the client, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. But it is something where, like you said, I play a lot of golf. That's one of my passions. I played for years and years, played a lot of tournaments around the country, travel for some of them, just got back off a, another trip. And something where I've always had a passion for for golf. We you and I have had some great battles on the golf course as right. well and play a lot of good good tournaments. And there's a couple I always pick every year. There's one in Monterey that I just love to go to every year. And and there's some tournaments here in Utah that are really well run. There's some in Vegas, very close to here. We've they just got, have some great tournaments coming We've
0: got two coming up. We've mm-hmm. got the Southern Utah Amateur yep. at uh, Sun River, and then we have... Washington County amateur here at Southgate, yep. which is Red Hills. I think can, is coming up too. We can see it just out our window here. Yep. Red Hills is coming. Oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't get signed up for yeah,
1: that. Red Hills is a very, very popular
0: tournament. Yeah. Well, I mean, I played a lot of golf
1: tournaments in other States and I tell you what, nothing fills up as fast as that tournament. If it anybody is.
0: has a ticket to Red Hills and they're in and they can't make it, yeah. uh, I'll pay you top dollar. <laughs> let me have your spot. I want to play like I'm not signed up.
1: Yeah. It is one of those things that it just fills up really fast. So I, I have yeah. kind of a thumb on, I, I I help run a Facebook page that just kind of tries to promote charity golf tournaments and what events are out there and try to keep an eye on it and then there's about three or four a year that I try to make sure I kind of keep my calendar open I don't make it to every one of them every year but there's a big one in November we usually do and then like I said the one in Monterey is one of my favorites to just kind of get out of the St. George heat and go down to Monterey for a couple days my yeah. wife really loves that one so she'll come with me on that but golf is one of my passions and help run leagues and money games and all, all kinds of fun stuff like that but I also really love enjoy basketball we got a basketball right here I I'm all in on NBA finals. So, I don't really care the first, you know, the first season before the all-star second season. Eh, I might check in, but boy, when the playoffs come around, I just love NBA playoffs. I just love the so, same well, team battling, you know, back and forth. I just love the game sevens. I just love
0: that. We'll mention <laughs> this basketball. I mean, this is your basketball. Yeah. Uh, who's it signed by? Tell me how you got it. Yeah, it's Carl Malone. So I worked
1: with uh, Larry H. Miller Chevrolet, which owned the Jazz i think they still turn into a trust or something like that but for long uh, when i was there so i got carl malone to sign this when hmm. you know i think it was in I, I got the authenticity thing but i've always just had it was a good cool memory going yeah. to uh, the dealership and having him there and he was signing a bunch of balls and i was able to just get in line because i worked there and
0: just be able to sneak in and get the get the balls. So. hey it's <laughs> a, it's it's a perfect we, we were wondering what to put in the center of our podcast and we found that basketball we said we're both into it let's do it
1: (laughs) so yep so it's a carl malone mvp ball i believe is what it is so yep had that for years and years and Mm -hmm. i think it's one of my only real true like valuable (laughs) pieces of sports Um, yeah yeah Yeah. i don't have a ton of that stuff i got the whole 93 season of basketball cards still i have the whole 93 season and it's pretty cool because right when detroit lost to the bulls and then or, or the Bulls lost to Detroit. And then from that point on, that's when it's nuts. So I got the Jordan card, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. I got a bunch of them. It's just like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> it's it's got to be worth something.
0: <laughs> so another thing, I mean, I, there's been multiple times where I've I've come to your office and you've handed me a book and mm. just said, hey, take this book, read it, keep it. So tell me a little bit about books. So you, do you do a lot of reading yourself?
1: You know, if, if you have told my mom that I was going to become a book person, you yeah. know, whatever that is, she would say, no way. I avoided all kinds of reading in high school, college, did the minimum amount to pass a test. You know, I just, I wasn't a book person at all. And then it, something changed where I just started, you know, just that, that there, for me, it was a problem where I always felt like I had to start from the beginning, and get through the whole book. And if I get two or three chapters into something and then get distracted and leave the book on the counter or whatever, and go a couple days, then I look back at the book, oh, I got to start over. So it just was like, oh, I don't want to have to start over. Then I get this book that the chapter, the way the chapters were, were just different topics. So I felt like I could bounce around. I can just open it up and say, I feel like I need a little boost in this area, a little self-help type book. And I could just go to chapter eight or 10 or two or whatever. And I didn't feel like I was stuck starting over again. And it just unlocked books for me. It really did. So from that point on, I've read more in the last three years, maybe four years now than I've done my entire life up to that, like totally. And so as you get into that world a little bit, you get more recommendations. You get to know authors a little bit better. You're waiting for their next book to come out and you'd start kind of knowing authors. And you're
0: like, Ooh, the, the new book of so-and-so yeah. is out. So, and I mean, you, you've gifted me two books from John Gordon. Yeah. And uh, tell me a little bit about him. How, is that uh, is that kind of one of your top authors right now, or always has been? Or? No,
1: yeah, same thing. I got once somebody knows you're kind of into books, they're oh, have you heard of this author or whatever, yeah. and that's where I got into it. So I really like Ryan Stevenson, Tim Ferriss. I like those guys as well. Okay, really, really, really love C.S. Lewis. Got into his books like crazy. I mean, everybody knows for Narnia, but some of his yeah. apologetic work, yeah. Uh, Mere Christianity, I, I, that's like a go-to. I go into that all the time, just for some thinking, just some deep thoughts and yep. stuff like that. That isn't totally denominational. It's just kind of anybody knows C.S. Lewis is just so well written, and just you have to get into that British mindset a little bit with the way it talks to kind of get the rhythm of it. Hmm. But it's just I love getting into that mindset of his books. Yeah, um, Screw Tape Letters is still just such a fun, fun kind of book to read, which just a deep meaning behind it if you let it in and now uh, John are you, Gordon is are really you an
0: good. audiobook type guy or yeah you are okay
1: i like a uh, podcast i really enjoy listening to some podcasts as much as as like audiobook kind of thing but we do my wife and i would do some traveling we have some property in tahoe we go on some of these little golf excursions and so we go on these long drives we re- very rarely fly because we're always bringing clubs we're always bringing bags and yeah and stuff's close Audiobooks enough here
0: Have the changed so much in life because you can a lot of times hear directly from the author's oh yeah. the one speaking
1: so. we did uh on the last trip to monterey we did the green lights with um McConaughey, Okay. It's called Green called Light. Green Lights or Lights Green. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Green Lights is the name of the actual book. And he read it the whole time. That was that was cool. That was just a, that was a cool audio book.
0: And see, I would say for myself, I, I, I've been I've listened to some audiobooks with Dylan and I, Dylan Hoskins, mm-hmm. the other uh, owner, we've we've kind of done some audiobooks together. We'll we'll say, hey, let's listen to this book together. Just kind of figure out a little bit more about our business mm-hmm. uh, over this next month. But in terms of sitting down and just reading a book, I mean, word for word, reading it with my eyes I would say maybe the cat in the hat possibly green eggs <laughs> and ham that's that's about the most recent that I've actually sat down you know, a video to-
1: honestly I have a phone I have an alarm on my phone it's kind of funny it'll go off when I'm out doing something else at eight o'clock yeah it's an alarm on phone. every night at eight o'clock goes off to just remind myself to just shut off the Facebook or YouTube or Netflix or whatever happens to be on and switch gears to reading because I enjoyed enough that I don't want to get too late in the night because I what I was doing is I would realize it was nine o'clock, nine thirty, and start reading all of a sudden it'd be 11 before I was going to bed. I'm like, okay, I got, I want to, I do want that to be a part of my life so much more, yeah. especially as I get into it yeah. that I set an alarm to just remind myself, Oh, it's already eight, shut everything off. Especially as the days get shorter, that gets darker. And it's
0: so easy not to, it's so easy yeah. to just stay and watch the TikToks for yeah. <laughs> two hours straight. And, but it, it's not really information to help you Right. Build, build knowledge. And there's
1: still sometimes where I'm into something and shut it off, you know, not do it, but it is, it's just kind of a, get you out of the, the, just the drone of just sitting on the couch, just watching whatever happens to come on. And there's other times I'm watching some great stuff like a YouTube documentary or I'm, I'm watching something that's still insightful, but when that alarm goes off, oh good. And I kind of get out of the chair, get some you know, just do something a little different. Mm. And a lot of times what I'll do too, is I'll put the earbuds in. I have a room that I do some yoga and like just meditation or whatever, just kind of a room that's just kind of that room to stretch and do other things. I'll just go up there and and that's where I'll turn an audio book in so I can kind of be away from the other stuff. And I found I sleep a little bit better and I just get a little more out of the stuff. And there's times where I do it before even the eight o'clock alarm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. doing it. But a lot of times that I, I really like setting that alarm every day just to break up whatever I was doing right. to switch to something else. So, yeah.
0: So I want to hear the story about your wife and how you met your wife. Oh. I know you guys have known each other for a, a very long time. And then mm-hmm. I also want to hear a little bit about um, kind of what your wife does. I know she's, she works with horses yeah. and equest- equestrian stuff quite a bit, correct?
1: Yeah. So we met in high school. So we were high school sweethearts, met 95. I think we dated for maybe six months, broke up for maybe four hours. Maybe. Yeah. That was <laughs>
0: probably a tough
1: four hours of your life, Oh man. I tell you what, that girl, she's just got me just wrapped. I mean, I would talk about um, whatever potion she put in my <laughs> drinks and stuff, it just hasn't worn off. You know, and like, I shouldn't That's like cool. you this much still and love you this much still. And yeah, it's one of those things that are just not supposed, to, and I think it's gotten worse because <laughs> there's at the beginning. So you want it to
0: get worse though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. I, it, it's something where I'm still chasing after probably more than she was chasing me a little bit more in high school. Then I was her trying to be, you know, that cool guy that I don't need one girl. Now could, you're just a mortgage nerd. Yeah, totally. It's just yeah. like, wow, lucky her. One day she's going to figure it out. There's just going to be a sign on the door that says, I'm out of here. And I'm like, ah, well, we had a good run. <laughs> but no, it's something Hopefully we met in 95. We dated the entire, like basically that whole time. We didn't marry until 04. We were going to get married a couple times and just delayed it. Mm-hmm. We owned houses together. We did all kinds of stuff together and just never got married. We just felt... For a long time we didn't feel like we needed like we needed the the ring on the finger or the the plaque on the wall, or you know, we just didn't need it. And I kind of regret that we waited. Is now looking back, I regret it, even though we still have been together the whole time. So we married in 04 is when we married. And then we moved to St. George in two thousand five. And that was hard on my wife because all of my family and hers still lived in Sandy Draper, kind of the the south part of the Salt Lake Valley. And but I remember we Move down in July, hot as all get out. You know that's one of the first things you learn in Saint George. That first summer is pretty rough. But we go up in like November for a birthday. Uh, I think her brother and her mother, or uh, maybe it's her sister and brother. They, they both have a November birthday. So and my family, all had October birthdays. So we kind of went up in the between those, just kind of celebrate some birthday, get into the holiday season. Then we go up with like short sleeves and and just freeze. <laughs> we yeah. just froze. And my wife's light bulb kind of went off and she's thought, St. George is great. Let's go home. <laughs> and that kind, of, that kind of helped the transition. Now, since then, her brother and sister moved out of the Salt Lake Valley. Her mom still lives there. But my sister, my brother moved away. My mom moved down here. So everybody kind of slowly progressed down here over that time. But for the first like four or five years of living here, it's like every other weekend we had to go up to, to Salt Lake again. But so just really love it. But I love her to death. Uh, Tiffany's amazing. So,
0: so 18 years now or have yeah. you hit 19? What is it? What year It's
1: 2022. Wow. Yeah. Oh, four. It wasn't when we married, but again, we, we feel like it's longer than that because we had dated so long before we actually officially got married. So,
0: so so let's turn into the relationship advice podcast real quick. (laughs) So I mean, 18, 19 years here, what would you, well, technically more like 27 years. If you bet starting in 95, Mm -hmm. what would you say is the key to keeping your relationship so tight for so long?
1: You know, it's something where you only get. 80% of what you need from one person, too many people chase the other 20% and lose out on everything that the person does offer for you. So we realize that, okay, I'm not going to be the person you need for every single thing. I'm going to have fun with my buddies playing golf that you're not going to be really a part of. So don't be upset or mad when I go off to play with buddies, because Mm. when I go off and do that, I'm more recharged to do the things that we like to do. So we've always been really good at being able to say, okay, I'm going to live my life you're going to be a major part of it, but not all of it. There's going to be times where I'm going to go off with my friends. You're going to go off with your friends. You're going to do these types of things. So for me, both Tiffany and I really realized that going into it. The next thing is we, we, I remember really early on, we went to this seminar about having a good marriage. And one of the things the guy talked about is called content communication. There's too much communication between a husband and wife. That's either emotional, or you should just know what I mean, because you love me. Like something like, why didn't you load the dishwasher? Well, because it didn't load the dishwasher when really what she meant to say is why don't you care enough to notice the sink is needs to be full and I've been working all day. So there's the sarcasm that works in emotion, works in with women sometimes where they don't fully explain really why they're mad. So throughout our marriage, there'll be times where she'll be mad or I'll be mad and basically be able to say, okay, con we we use that word in our marriage a lot, content. Tell me the words, not what the meaning behind the word is or what the feeling is or emotion is. Mm. Tell me what's going on. You know what, why you upset slow down. Let's communicate. I think that's the most crucial thing. There's too many times, whether it's a man or the woman that just thinks the other person should know what I mean, because they should love me enough to know behind the words when really communication is words, simply break down. What does the, each word mean? If that's not what you mean to say, change the words. So really I'm upset about the dishwasher. You know, that's just the trigger. Yeah, You didn't take the trash out. It's not about the trash. It's about the fact that you're not paying attention or you're not helping around the house or I feel overworked or that if you get to that, the walls fall down a little bit and you start saying, okay, yeah, let me, I'll take the trash out. Not because you're nagging me about the trash, right? It's because there's something behind that that you're not communicating. So for our marriage, we've always been really good at allowing the other person to have their free time, to recharge, to miss each other a little bit by being apart. I've seen too many marriages where the wife, well, you can't have fun because I'm not involved and if you love me, we got to have fun together. That's the only time you can have fun is when I'm there. So you can't run off and play golf. You have yeah. to sneak. You have to, yeah. that's the worst thing where I see husbands have to, Oh, don't tell my wife. She doesn't know I'm golfing.
0: Yeah. And I, I see that I, a lot in oh, St. George. Don't Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And a lot of the, I mean, big families, there's responsibilities. You know, you've yeah. been working all day. She's been at home with the kids all day long and you run off to play golf. Yeah. It, there's a selfishness that definitely ties into that. Yeah. But sometimes if you let them do that in exchange for, you know, other things or be able to say, okay, you, and not a nag type situation where you basically say, "Hey, you were able to go play golf. I need your help, you know, Sunday night, so I can go out with the girls." Great. Now they, it's more reciprocal at that point than nagging or sneaking or being sneaky. And my it's wife and I are very, mind, very a- good at not lying to each other. We just tell each other the truth. But really, that yeah. communication part, I I really think if 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 you got better at just saying the words and what the words mean instead of saying something where there's a meaning behind it, you know, layered deep, 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 deep with some resentment that just builds it yeah it turns into a blow up over the dishwasher taking out the yeah. trash when really it's way behind that yeah and if that gets opened up sooner I, there are many times my wife's even said when i've been just frustrated at work or frustrated with golf or something like that and i'll just be nagging on something she'll say okay what you know content community tell me you know and then it just kind of breaks down that wall and before it gets really deep very so. cool
0: yeah it's anyway. interesting i mean <laughs> w- w- with my wife it's been it, it, it's interesting because we're I mean, six years in now, hmm. and uh, we we met actually right out about ten years ago. So we're catching up, I guess. I don't know <laughs> if it's possible to catch up, though. Technically, you're always going to be. 15 I will years always ahead, be ahead. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> but like you say with golf, I mean, we've kind of had to learn that golf is something that I need just for my own mental health, hmm. right? And uh, it, sometimes it's okay to sit down and watch a sports game, and you re, you start to learn that okay spending every last second of every single day together doing nothing but just one-on-one communicating can be unhealthy Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's important to have those uh, those separate things that you're able to do for your own mental health and, and
1: I'm a big believer in absence also makes the heart grow fonder if you're able to kind of get away recharge a little bit you're going to miss that person more missing more makes the time together more valuable instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh, i am got to sit here with her, you know. Yeah. And, and it works both ways sometimes too, where there'll be times where she'll really will say, hey, I really need you to do something. I'm more willing to do it because you gave me the, the free time and vice versa. If she asks for something, say, hey, I'm going to go do whatever. Yeah. Great, that's your, go do it. I think you realize that as soon as you start thinking that love should be something that, that should make it to where 100% of your needs are met with one person, you're, that's where that expectation, and it can be even just a 5%, that you can't get from your wife right. or from your husband Right. that you're trying to get. And that's the only thing you're focusing on that 5% you're not getting. You're going to miss out on so much more that you are. So just allow, realize, okay, I'm going to need some time. Like I said, on the golf course, mess around with buddies, getting that testosterone, you know, going. <laughs> and and then uh, like this, I, I miss my wife so dang crazy after this trip that I did to California. Like I couldn't wait to get home to see her because, it it was something that it it allowed that time to be able to, to do that. But, um, to talk a little more about my, my wife, she uh, runs an equestrian center. She runs a boarding facility. We kind of talked about that a little bit. So we bought a property that had a big stall barn. She was always around horses growing up in Draper. And when we moved to St. George, that was kind of part of her life that went away for a long time. And she always kind of wanted to get back into it. So she actually went around to a couple of the ranches in town and just helps them at night is what she did for years. She still does it where, If they go out of town or they bring extra horses in, she'll watch them while they're gone. She kind of house sits the horses, but there's one lady, she's gone every night to just do the night cleaning at this ranch. Still does it today. She just loved doing it. Hmm. Even though we found a property, bought it here in St. George, where um, we do boarding, horse boarding and stuff like that right on our property. So it's uh, a horsehavenranch.org is the website. You can actually, if you know anybody that needs a horse that's traveling through the I-15 corridor, we've got a great facility. She's put her heart and soul into that thing. So, um, so especially it's really cool. for
0: people who might be leaving the country for a month or mm-hmm. so or uh, or even shorter, it's a good place for them to yep. leave their horses for a bit and they'll be under good care.
1: Oh, yeah. it's She has made that place a resort. She really it's it's not just a motel for horses yeah. where you just park them and leave. I mean, she's made she's customized floors, heating and cooling elements. She's got soft water up
0: there. I mean, we've done so we've spent very cool. way too much money on <laughs> <laughs> well it, the good thing is again it's your passion I guarantee you spend way too much money on golf.
1: What? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, yeah, so yeah. And it just she has a love for horses and she's one of the most hardworking, loyal, dedicated people I've ever met and Very she cool. just and she's just put that into the property where it's got a barn and there's uh, turnouts, there's all kinds of stuff and she just spends every day just Pig and, pig and mud out there, just can't wait to get up and play with her horses. So she loves Clydesdales, Gypsy Vanners, and we had two of them come through this summer, and I don't think I've ever seen her just more bouncing up and down. She just absolutely loved the fact that she got to see her, this Clyde, this big 18 and a half hands high, Clydesdale so
0: horsehavenranch.org
1: cool. maybe I'll put a link on there just
0: horsehavenranch.org kind of yeah yep
1: yeah, there's it's, all the stuff that, and you the website has all the amenities everything we even have a little vrbo to where if the people stay with their horses they can stay right on the property so they don't have to get a separate hotel go somewhere else they can stay right on the property with us. It's pretty
0: cool. And see, I've never really gotten into the horse world, mm. but I can see myself someday wanting to be mm. much more into it, much more involved and maybe someday having some type of ranch with a horse or two. Now I'm telling you what it, it used to be. I wish I was a,
1: made enough money to afford a car. Now it's like, I hope I have enough money to afford a horse. They are kind yeah. of, they're expensive suckers. So, and they're amazingly fragile. That's what I've learned over the years, big, powerful muscle, strong, strong, oh yeah amazingly fragile i mean they really are maybe it's really? because they've gotten softer over the years mm-hmm. but and back then maybe there's so many of them if they just hurt they just shot it and got another horse you know maybe yeah. that's what it is so there's less yeah. but yeah they can colic really really or they can trip and fall really easy they can spook and they really i mean that's that, that's amazing how big and powerful and yet you got to really keep an eye on these suckers and yeah. they have to eat all day long or they can colic is anybody in the horse world will know that's the always what they're trying to avoid that's something that temperature changes too much up oh, died yeah ate too much oh, died didn't eat enough died didn't drink enough. died i mean it's hmm. like wow for such a powerful big beautiful creature that's they kidding. are pretty
0: fragile so uh, what is there any last thoughts about your life or anything that you would want to mention hmm. in a video it's just kind of a ra- about you and about everything that you do for the most part but i'm um, kind of finishing up here what are kind of your the ryan bolton final thoughts yeah um
1: i really enjoy what i do for a living i really love golf so, I mean, I love my wife to death. I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm a very big believer in Christianity. So, if I had to sum up, if my tombstone said something, you know, the, the guy loved his job, loved his wife, loved his golf, loved his God. If that was, that's what I want to be
0: known for. I love it. Well, and the great thing is you and I share in all of those together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's why I think of... we've
1: hit, hit it off so well, is that yeah, with know, a, with a passion for Yeah, with a podcast like
0: this, <laughs> playing golf together, I mean... We we met playing golf, mm-hmm. and then I met your wife. You've met my, my wife yep. once or twice just around, yep. and then. Uh, but again, we, we live somewhere that it's of. There's a very prominent faith here in Southern Utah, mm-hmm. and just the whole state in general. And and you and I are two people who are were Christians who have kind of bonded together a little bit off of the fact that we uh we share much of the same beliefs mm-hmm. uh, uh about christ and so that's a, that's a cool thing about you and i that we've been able to share together for sure so mm-hmm. uh, well thanks so much for watching everybody uh, if you want to know more about ryan bolton you can go to ryanbolton.com yep. com ryanbolton.com and uh, we'll put those links in the description as well if you need any mortgage advice just give them a call don't even go to the website. Just give him a call. Uh, you can actually get pre-approved directly on his website there as yeah. well.
1: So on my website, there's a calendar where you can actually pick a spot for a phone call or an office interview. It's right at the top of the page. I have a mobile app you can download or just the phone number. You can call me there as well. And, uh, that, it's all right there on the website, ryanbolton.com B O L T O N. A lot of people try to throw you in there for some reason, but yeah, but, uh, yeah, love to talk to you about anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ryan. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do more of this where we kind of get to know each other and again we want to have guests and do a little get to know our guests as well so if you'd like to be a guest on our show let us know and let's come hear a little bit more about you great okay see you next time thanks so much ryan see you next time